AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the crop insurance industry. With increasing commodity prices, higher price volatility, and rising input costs, America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance more now than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting 295 million acres of farmland and more than 120 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. Congressman Garamendi, uh, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Good to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about some really, really important issues in California and beyond. Well, certainly what happens in California affects all of us, uh, either input or output. And in this case, it's the output of your state on its agricultural side. I know you have very high-value fruits and vegetables that are possible with irrigation, uh, but you've had a very prolonged and severe drought. What would you describe as the situation as you perceive it right now? Well, California is in the midst of the worst drought, at least in the last 40 years, and quite possibly the worst ever. Uh, It is a very, very serious problem. Uh, There's major concerns about being able to provide water for um, public health and safety. Uh, Agriculture, of course, uh, is in very serious uh, situation up and down the state. Uh, Depending upon the groundwater resources that either exist or don't exist in certain areas, Uh, It may very well be the loss of some very valuable uh, orchards uh, that have been planted in areas where there is little or no groundwater. So it's very, very serious. My own area, we have most of California's rice production in my area. We have over 500,000 acres of rice, and we'll probably see 50% of that fallow this year. So it's a very serious problem, not just for the farmers, but for all the people that depend upon that agricultural economy, uh, the equipment dealers, and the restaurants and uh, barbershops. Your governor, Governor Brown, has proposed a 20% voluntary cutback in the use of water this year for um, all interest, uh, including agriculture. How realistic is that? Well, it's going to have to be done. In some places, it will be far greater than 20%. Uh, For agriculture, it may be zero. In some parts of California, there will be no irrigated water, that's surface water, going to some of the water districts, uh, agricultural water districts. So that's a 100% cutback. Uh, for urban use, uh, most everybody will probably do uh, 10 to 20 percent. In some areas, there are better supplies. The Los Angeles region uh, planned for the drought well ahead of uh, the rest of the state, and for the Metropolitan Water District in the uh, south of the Hatchapies, they did store water, and they probably have enough to make it through the coming year. This is all urban, uh, with maybe a a 10% reduction. Maybe they'll go to 20 and send how the, see how the next fall comes out. But for the Central Valley and other areas in Northern California, 20% will probably be the minimum. In some areas, it'll be much greater than that. I'd like to talk about solutions for the short term and for the longer term. And I sure. know that you have proposed a Water Storage and Restoration Act. I'd like to get that in a minute. But what do you do on the short term? Do you simply say this year we're not going to produce uh, many of our fruits and vegetables and therefore just hope that a year from now you have more water? What what action do you take with those people that depend on this for a livelihood year in and year out? 
Well, this is going to be a tough year. Uh, this is going to be a tough year for myself. We've already sold a third of our cattle herd, and uh, we may very well wind up selling 50% of our herd. And I'm not alone in the cattle business, so we're depending totally on the rain, which really hasn't happened at all, or very little of it. Uh, in some areas, almost no uh, precipitation for the uh, for the grass and for the cattle industry. So, yeah, it's going to be a big hit. Uh, we're looking in the cattle industry. We had maybe 600,000 producing cows, 100. 25, maybe 150,000 have already been sold. So in the out years, there's going to be less production, and that's going to be an income hit uh, in the years ahead for the cattle business. The rice industry in uh, my district, which is nearly all of the 500,000 acres of rice, uh, 50% isn't going to get planted. Uh, so that's a huge hit for the income uh, for the farmers, but also for the entire communities will take a big hit. Uh, everybody from the tractor driver to the uh, uh, to the barber who is dependent upon the agricultural worker or the or the beauty shop for the farmer's wife. So it's uh, it's a very, very serious problem. Uh, fruits, um, in those areas where there is groundwater, uh, they will pump the groundwater, and that will lead to a long-term decline in the water supply, which means the wells are going to be deeper and more investment uh, both in pumping and in digging a deeper well. So this is a, a very serious problem for California. Uh, we need to prepare for the future. Right now, it's conservation and get by as best you can, wherever you can. Well, Congressman Garamendi, you talked about your background in agriculture, and also I've noted you were in the Peace Corps, and you've implemented government programs, and you've managed federal lands, and probably the shortest-term thing you've done has been in Washington. So I have to ask you somewhat tongue-in-cheek, has no one told you you can't gain public support for building lakes and reservoirs anymore? Well, it's nothing quite like a drought to wake people up. Uh, we have not built uh, reservoirs in California for 50 years. Uh, there are some that are very, very controversial and remain that way today, but there are some that uh, uh, my uh, Republican colleague, Doug LaMoffa, and I have uh, introduced, Sites Reservoir, which is off-stream. It's in a, um, a valley off the main rivers. And it's just a little uh, creek that runs through this particular valley. Uh, so that one does not have the kind of environmental concerns that uh, on-stream reservoirs have. We do have a major reservoir, in fact, the largest, Shasta Reservoir, which can be uh, raised. There are some uh, environmental uh, issues because some uh, streams will be flooded. But those are minor compared to the necessity of uh, providing additional water. But the biggest reservoir of all in California, the two biggest reservoirs are the snowpack in the Sierras. Uh, there's little we can do about that. We're seeing a diminution in that as a result of warmer climate. Um, and the second big reservoir are the underground aquifers. And so as we look to the future, we really must engage in what we call conjunctive water management. Uh, when there is uh, surface water, when the rains are there and the snow is in the mountains, uh, we use that water uh, for the immediate irrigation, and then we also use that water to replenish the underground aquifers. In some cases, those are injection wells. In some cases, they're settling basins. But we have to do that so that those aquifers are there, and those reservoirs, surface reservoirs and the underground aquifers, are there for the inevitable drought, which occurs about once every 7 to 10 years. So we'll um, get past this one. Uh, badly, because we really didn't prepare uh, for the drought. Uh, hopefully the next time uh, we will have enough sense as a result of this drought to put in place those storage reservoirs. Are you going to have to use eminent domain to be able to take that land? And if you build those reservoirs, will you only be able to use them for water supply? 
Uh, no, all the reservoirs uh, in California are multipurpose reservoirs, uh, including the off-stream reservoir site. There'll certainly be a recreation uh, reservoir. Uh, I think a s uh, significant portion of that reservoir should always be held in reserve for the next drought, uh, and it will be an annual supply. There's some 600,000 acre feet of annual supply that could come out of the site's reservoir. Uh, similarly with the others, would there be eminent domain? Absolutely. In the case of sites, in the case of some of these other reservoirs, it's already public land uh, in the river canyons. Uh, with regard to the underground aquifers, California does not have any um, state law regulating underground aquifers. Uh, that's coming. It will happen. Uh, not soon, I suspect, but we're going to have to uh, uh, deal with the fact that uh, we really will need in the future to provide some sort of regulation of these aquifers if we're ever going to be able to restore them. So uh, we, these are uh, co complex issues, but they're issues that the state has dealt with um, in some places very badly. Uh, in some places, well, Southern California um, 25 years ago had 300,000 acre-feet of storage. Now they have over 3 million acre-feet of storage, and those reservoirs and storage systems are rather full. But in the long term, there are other things we need to do beyond storage. Uh, the fifth biggest river on the west coast of the Western Hemisphere are the sanitation plants in Southern California. They're taking water from Northern California, from the Colorado, uh, pumping it uh, 200, 500 miles, cleaning it, use it once, clean it to a higher standard than the day it arrives in Southern California, and they dump it in the ocean. Now, that's rather foolish. So recycling uh, in the next five years, you can generate over 500,000 acre-feet of new water in Southern California simply by recycling the water that's already there. Uh, some similarly in Northern California, again, conservation is big. Uh, we can, with a uh, thoughtful program, uh, create maybe four to five million acre-feet of new water, have it in storage, uh, use some of it uh, on an annual basis, and uh, the rest of it use for the next drought. What is the percentage of the funding for the reservoirs you're proposing that will come from the federal versus the state government? Uh, the reservoirs are going to be funded by a multitude of entities. Uh, certainly the water districts, both urban and agricultural water districts, will fund some of it because they will want some of that water. Probably the great majority will be funded by both urban and agricultural water districts. Uh, the federal government will fund some of it, probably mostly for uh, environmental purposes, uh, and for recreation. Uh, there will be some funding uh, for power generation on all of these uh, reservoirs, and that will come from yet another source. Some of it will come uh, from the state uh, general fund through a bond act. So there will be well, maybe a half a dozen different sources of money for each and every one of the reservoirs. The proportion and the participation will vary depending upon the individual reservoir. Do you, in conclusion, see that agriculture is uh, always going to have a challenge in being able to get enough water uh, to grow the crops we traditionally expect from California? And do you see that potentially that will make it in decline uh, in number of acres, if not in profitability in your state in the future? Uh, agriculture will remain a major and very, very important industry in California. Uh, there's always changes. Just if you observe agriculture over uh, even a 10-year period, you'll see some crops going in, other crops coming out, and, and that's just the way it is. Uh, often uh, propelled by market forces, uh, clearly the uh, water issue is going to change the cropping patterns in some areas. Uh, some water districts have uh, moved to permanent uh, orchard crops. 
that require far more water than the annual uh, crops that would previously raise their cotton or grains of various kinds. So in those areas where they do not have a uh, guaranteed annual water supply, I suspect some of those orchards are going to go back into annual crops. Uh, but the market forces will also cause change to occur, as it always has. Uh, labor market is a major issue we've seen in California. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, orchards that require a large amount of uh, labor, uh, for example, the citrus or the um, uh, stone fruit industry, uh, you'll see those uh, orchards going out and low labor-intensive crops going in. So there are many, many forces at play, water being one of them. Uh, all of that will, over time, cause a change in agriculture. Nevertheless, California is blessed with an extraordinary climate, very rich soils, and a lot of water. We need to use it uh, well. We need to conserve. We need to be wise about where we're using it and how we use it. And we always must prepare for the inevitable drought. Congressman Garamendi, uh, we'll watch for H.R. 4300 and see how it progresses and also the work that you're going to be doing in the state of California. Our sympathies to all those people affected by the drought. And uh, we thank you very much for speaking with us on AgriPulse Open Mic. My pleasure. Thank you very much. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by the crop insurance industry, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. I'm Ken Root.